0: you got any, anything funny for the start
1: mm. take it that's so a no I do actually I do have it, something funny for the start is,
0: is it funny like hilarious funny like I'm going to split my sides or is it no but your you're going to
1: talk about it later
0: that's not going to fucking work is it alright All right, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, where the two guys with faces for podcasting get down with some whiskey chat, which is precisely what we're gonna be doing today. My name is Mitch, and as always, I'm joined by my whiskey partner in crime, Nicholas Polacki. How are you, mate?
1: Mitch, I'm very well. Good to see you, man. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, good, good, mate. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna kick this show off this episode. on a bit of a sort of, I suppose, downer note, um, you know, which isn't like us to do it, but I just wanted to take a moment just to recognize something pretty sad that's happened in the whiskey world this week. Um, I heard the sad news that the legend and, and good friend of the show and good friend of mine, uh, Paul McDonough, creator of the iconic whiskey bar, the Bon Accord, passed away, unfortunately. Um, so for those listening, you've probably run into Paul at some point when you've been in the Bon Accord or when you've been out in Glasgow. You know, he ran that bar for for 22 years and was always so hospitable to everyone who walked into the bar. Um, you know, not only passionate about whiskey, but also getting people into their whiskey journey and ensuring that they had a great time, not only when they were at his bar, but just out and about. Such a generous guy. Um, you know, we had him on the show Last year, uh, and it's an episode called Whiskey Pubs, and I, I told this story about Paul's generosity before we actually interviewed him. But yeah, you know, I'm going to tell it again. This is I'd known Paul way back from my Diageo days, and I'd always kind of called into the Bon Accord, and yeah, I was this young guy just getting into whiskey, and I always remember he kind of took me under his wing, so to speak, and just very generous with his time with me. And um, I hadn't seen him for a long time. I'd moved over to the US when we were hanging out, Nick. And I came back for, for a trip and made it over to Glasgow, sat at the bar, chatted to Paul, had some lunch. You know, not only was he so generous enough to 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 not allow me to pay for my lunch, but I'd been eyeing up a bottle of Highland Park that he'd done with uh, the Independent Bars of Scotland. And I was chatting to him about it. And at the end, he handed me a bottle of that whiskey to take away. So just incredibly generous not with his time but also you know with, with regards to to his I suppose just giving away whatever he kind of had and you know and, and the big reason why the Bon Accord was such a successful bar was really down to him so you know our thoughts are, are with his family right now it's very very sad to hear about it uh, so we want to dedicate this episode to you Paul this one's for you mate rest in peace
1: Yes, indeed. What else have you been up to? It's been a busy week for you. Seen plenty of pictures of you out and about and catching up with our old friend, Mr. Daryl Halden.
0: Yeah, mate. I was kind of cheating on you a little bit. Um, so <laughs> it's been it's a right, crazy mate. week.
1: Sorry, all right. You, you, you got to have a hamburger every now and again to know, to know how to appreciate a steak. Do you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice analogy. <laughs> nice you hear that. Um, yeah. We need to get him back on. Actually, we, we we're chatting about that when we were, we we're down there. But yeah, he, you know, Daz, Daz is uh, is working for um, Beams Suntory now, doing a lot of work with Bullmore. Obviously, a little startup, a nice, isn't it? Little startup, a little yeah. startup
1: called Beams Suntory. Good for him.
0: Um, yeah, they're they're doing all that work with Aston Martin. So he, he called me up and he was like, "Yeah, we're we're uh, we've got some tickets for like VIP down at Goodwood with Aston Martin and their their uh, their spot down there." So. We moseyed on down to Goodwood, which I'd never been to before. Uh, just absolutely insane, mate. I mean, there there must be billions of pounds worth of cars down there. They were they had on the track because we were there for the hill hill climb day. Um, they had a Ferrari that was worth three hundred million running up that track. Uh, I was just. blown away by not only the cars that you you could see but the cars that they were actually doing this hill climb at the time um so yeah really really cool man really cool to go down to to goodwood um i thought that was the
1: name of their cooperage for some reason when you brought it up earlier
0: yeah really (laughs)
1: no (laughs) fucking hell
0: (laughs) well hey i know you're not a big car guy so i wouldn't be surprised
1: i bet goodwood (laughs) (laughs) Uh, speaking of cars by the way guess where i was
0: Vegas by any chance I was in
1: Las Vegas this week <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm doing quite a bit of stuff in and out of Vegas I'm there probably like I've seen earlier, like every two months I'm there for about two or three days give or take but Las Vegas is getting a Formula One so there'll be three Formula One races now in the US they'll have Austin mm-hmm. they'll have Miami and then they'll have Las Vegas and it's so if you if you met I know you've been to Vegas many times before picture the scene they are digging up every single road around las vegas so think of the strip just completely neatly dug up in on one side or the other and you know they're re everything because it has to be a completely different paving um it's
0: insane it's I insane mean,
1: what is... the, the project that's gone on is is nuts but i had a blast there so we, i was doing a whiskey tasting at wakuda which is inside the palazzo and then i went to zuma uh inside the cosmopolitan which you know you and I used to hang out in quite a bit. Of our old haunts, uh, mate. Yeah, brilliant spot. So the um, the bartender there, May, was was tasting some, some whiskey with us and, and they, they were actually ended up going back there and drinking a lot of the 15-year-old, which is flying off the shelf at the moment for Old Shibui. And then had a, a couple of drinks with Best Friend. Have you ever been to Best Friend? It's inside uh, the Nomad in MGM Park. It's a, See, I don't, I don't a think that was around in my day, mate. It's probably my favourite property. It's a non-smoking casino hotel which is rare in las vegas yes. so i always stay at the nomad it's got a brilliant library bar just a super cool spot the gm there nick is a great dude and like it's just a cool spot so like lady gaga plays there every now and again i think she's coming back they're, they're, they're talking about her doing a bit of a return visit there heard it here first folks and, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah but like there's a piano bar inside their library and every now and again her band manager and um, comes and does like a jazz live set and it's not unknown for her to show up unannounced and just like sing. And I think the last time uh, he was telling a story, he said the last time she was in town, she came up on stage and asked to sing an a cappella version of Poker Face, sang it from start to finish and folk were like, that was incredible. People didn't know it was her. She got up in a hoodie. So she got up like nah. just like in a hoodie, like <laughs> under the radar, just sang Poker Face. <laughs>
0: Mate, I thought this was going to lead into another Polacki celebrity story there. No,
1: nope, no, no, mate. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've got one for you if you want it, but I, <laughs> I'm, I, trying I'm trying to dial them back. Try to dial them back. Just save
0: them, mate. Save them. We'll do another whole episode on that. I want to go back to that formula. One thing, though, you said uh, before we started, we're going to do a live podcast from the F1 from the paddock, right? That's that? <laughs> you that out for us? If-
1: spoken like somebody who's never been to the f1 because I, I can tell you having been you can't hear shit if you're standing there unless you just I, want a podcast where it's 90 minutes of i have
0: actually been to the f1 before mate i was in miami last year oh you ago. have
1: yeah oh man it's loud it's brilliant the, the 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 porsche race at the start there's a lot of stuff like it's, it's not just the, the the main f1 race but it's fun it's a good day, no, mate. I'm, right? I'm
0: looking forward to uh, hanging out with you there, mate. It's going to be fun. Um,
1: <laughs> as I said to you off, off, off uh, before we started to record, mate. I, I do not have an abundance of tickets for this. I wish I did, but that, we're not quite there yet.
0: <laughs> I only need one, mate. I only need one.
1: Okay. Well, we'll see what we can do. See what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> now, but- I wasn't
0: as I wasn't as glamorous as um, for me, you know, going to 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 Vegas. But I have been to a load of distilleries so far this month, which was kind of cool and. Pretty much all small distilleries. So I was hanging out with the guys who are going to be creating the new Shetland distillery, uh, which is really exciting to to hang about with them and and hear their plans. And our good friend was with us as well, Ian Miller. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it was a good day in the office, mate. So we hit like three really small crafty distilleries, um, which the first one was Daft Mill over in Fife. Yep. Hanging out with um, Francis, who, who I haven't been to that distillery for about 10 years. Really interesting to see what he's doing there. Um, I need to take you over there, mate, when, when you're over next time. 100%. Just Francis, great guy, started as a farmer and he went, I'm going to start making whiskey. He's got a beautiful little distillery, creating really nice spirit. And the interesting part about going around these distilleries this day was we weren't doing it to to talk uh, about whiskey we we're doing it to talk about production and get like an insight from all these guys about you know little issues they've had along the way or uh you know what equipment they've used so we'll get super geeky then uh, love- we went to Strathurn Strathurn I, I don't know if you've ever seen Strathurn but they've got these crazy almost like cognac style stills um and they're like you know we don't have a sp- uh, spirit safe we just kind of taste everything and then we cut when when we know it's right which is kind of nuts literally <laughs> all new make spirit. I, I don't know but all the new make spirit is just going into like this metal bucket and they're just tasting out of it but that's so that's kind of, that was kind of bizarre and then we went to uh lindor's abbey as well uh you know the the where we think the the first ever recorded distillation of scotch whiskey was done back in 1494 yeah um so again a really cool distillery to go and see in cooper and fife very nice um and then to top off my kind of craft distillery tour, separate from that, I went over to Rassi. Now, if you guys are listening and heard last week's episode, because we're putting this out two days, I think, after I went to Rassi and, and we dropped that episode uh, very quickly after that happened. Uh, you have heard that interview I had with Alistair Day. But I mean, that place, just incredible, mate. Like, again, another distillery I'd love to take you over. Bring Carrie over. They've got rooms there. Literally, the the hotel is part of the distillery. Uh, Tasting room, restaurant. Like, Alistair's done an amazing job of knocking out of the park there. Uh, Really, really impressed with that. And, you know, it's just nice to see all these small distilleries in Scotland and everything that's popping up right now. Yeah.
1: Speaking of distilleries popping up, not only just popping up new distilleries, but the the resurgence of and revamping of, of mothball distilleries now coming back into the forefront. Speaking of which, Rosebank Distillery has just restarted production and filled its first cask, uh, I think, this month. So this, yeah, yeah. this is a distillery. Yeah, uh, E McLeod Distillers, owners of Tamdu and Gengong distiller, Distilleries, own this property. It was shuttered in 1993, so just outside Falkirk. And they've been doing a full renovation process. Uh, they filled uh, a barrel on the 18th of July, which was a refill bourbon bourbon cask. Uh, and yeah, they've renovated it, even, from absolute soup to nuts, which includes uh, the new warm warm tub uh, condensers, which were installed, which I think was originally credited for the the distillery's kind of very fruity, floral-style uh, distillate. And they've also even put in new stills, which are exact replicas of the originals, built on the original designs from Abercrombie Coppersmiths. So pretty cool, pretty cool stuff to see that coming back in, and and. I think, like like you said, Mitch, like you know, new distilleries popping up, and and other distillies that have been mothballed coming back to to their their former glories.
0: Yeah, and you know, I uh, I love the team behind this, Gordon and Das, who's been at, um Ian McLeod for for a long time now. Yeah, um, great guy, and just loves his whiskey. You've probably run into him a few times in the US, mate. Many times,
1: uh, many times, good dude.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I so saw his his picture was in the, the kind of PR release from this, yep. along with yep. Lenny Russell, who's the owner. Uh, I got a good story about Lenny Russell. We ended up drinking till about three o'clock in the morning in a flat in Edinburgh once. And then just eating like horrible Mexican food and drinking Corona. It's brilliant. He's a good guy. <laughs> Likes to party. But go. yeah, no, it's it's so cool to see see Rosebank open again. Um, one of the stories I heard, I don't know if this is true or not, but you know, it was it was shut by Diageo in the eighties, right? It was like yeah. that big big culling that happened in the eighties, and the story goes that um Kinchy wasn't producing as good a liquid as Rosebank, but because of where Rosebank was situated and because it had a more English sounding name, that was why it was shut down. So, why? crazy right but I mean that that was always good juice I remember drinking a few Rosebanks back in my my Diageo days and I think I've still got a bottle of like 22 year old Rosebank from from the um, rare cask release that Diageo did on it so I'm super excited to see that and I love what they've done with it you know the, the pictures of it they've done this really modern distillery and then they've taken this um, the old chimney and, and, and renovated it yeah another crazy like story did you ever hear the story about the theft in Rosebank night? No. This is a mad story. So, <laughs> guys, basically got did you get uh... did you get caught? <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that happened when Rosebank was shut down, uh, some guys basically rented a a transit van and got some high vis vests, went in there and said they were there to take away the stills. Completely ballsy. I said oh yeah we just here to dispans- dismantle the stills and take them away they did so and then someone went oh yeah, yeah those guys came to take the stills it was like there was no one here meant to take the stills they just essentially f- uh, stole them
1: <laughs> so, were they ever recovered
0: no i don't think so like hats off to them
1: indeed, indeed. You know,
0: copper is pretty valuable so i imagine that would have been cut up and sold kind of crazy but anyway, moving away from Rosebank, let's let's look at some other news. Um, the SWA just released quite an interesting um, framework, I suppose it is for uh, water stewardship for distilleries. Now, this is when you know water is getting pretty scarce in Scotland, which is a, a sentence I didn't think I'd ever hear me say. I mean, we've just gone through I think the driest June that we ever had on record we literally hardly had any rain here i mean for me it was incredible going around Speyside, seeing the space so low uh our good friend dennis McBain said you know that is the lowest he's ever seen the spay in his life since he's since he's lived there he's been there 80 odd years now um so what we're looking at right now is basically how do we conserve water within distilleries in scotland and this whole this is the whole part of like water usage and you know sustainability strategy that's coming out so the whole idea is by 2025 the amount of water used by the distillery, distillery per liter of alcohol produced needs to be between 12.5 and 25 liters so that's quite a big step here's a pop quiz for you Nicholas how much water does it take to make a liter of whiskey
1: Is this a bad joke or is this an actual how many years or what is it?
0: This is an actual question. How much water? It's not a dad joke. Is it in gallons or in liters? Liters. We're not an American mate. Well, you are. I'm not. Uh, I'm going to say 107. For a liter? Are you insane? (laughs) (laughs) I know you like to exaggerate, but for fuck's sake.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I was just throwing out a number there to give you you an easy layup. What, 22? 42 so
0: that's quite a, that's quite a big step that they need to come down between twelve and twenty five so that's it's interesting to see that that has been put in place in Scotland I mean is this like a you know sort of crystal glass looking into the future of how scotch whiskey is gonna be further down the line in twenty twenty five are we gonna have serious water shortages? Judging by our summers that we've had over the last couple of years, you know, potentially that that is a it's a big it's a big issue. It's a big deal.
1: Or alternatively, are we just going to be drinking everything at cask strength? So there's yeah. no dilution. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad show. Right. There you go. <laughs> Problem solved. Anywho, speaking of uh speaking of geeky data and things like that, just taking a look at some of the stuff that this comes out every now and again, you know, people will do these kind of uh um, I guess, advanced looks at what they see the booze business looking at down the line. The alcohol sector is is set at the rate that we're currently growing at by 2031 to hit a value of $2 trillion, which is very impressive. And within that, by 2028, the whiskey sales globally will hit $127 billion. Now, what's really impressive about that is obviously globally, Scotch stands out as the preferred whiskey right across the board. But the researchers in this are also looking at Scotch, Canadian whiskies, Japanese whiskies, as well as American and Irish whiskies, with the major players including Brian Foreman, Pernod Ricard, Beam Suntory, Bacardi, Edrington Group, Constellation Brands, and Diageo. So, all good news for those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the overall sector at the moment uh, could, could look at uh, 1.6, the alcohol sector was valued at 1.6 trillion in 2022. So, you know, when it's going to get to that 2 trillion mark uh, by 2030. Uh, it's pretty impressive stuff. That's a it's a solid compound annual growth of two point five percent by twenty thirty one. Um, so really interesting to take a look at that. But great great news to see Scotch whiskey uh, and and other world whiskeys really driving that that as well.
0: Yeah, I mean one of the things that that's interesting. In this is it says leading the region in whiskey consumption is India, which is something we've discussed already. You know, India is now number one for volume within the world. Um, Yeah, and you know i think the floodgates are going to open even more there shortly if we see this decrease in the in the duty on 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 scotch whiskey
1: yeah and what they are saying to challenge scotch whiskey the japanese whiskey sector is noted to be the challenging the long-standing dominance of scotch whiskey so that is wonderful news for me
0: well it isn't (laughs) isn't that's that's a double-edged sword for you mate because you're scottish with a japanese whiskey
1: brand yeah. Mm, yeah, exactly. So the Scottish side of I mean, which is that frugal, brilliant.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, joking aside, well it's, do you know what? It's good to have a challenge if you're the number one and nobody's challenging you and it gets boring at the top, so it's good to well, see, that, see that Japanese whiskies will help.
0: And, and I think I just, we touched on that in that episode where we chatted about Nick Morgan's uh, article, you know, so correct. definitely 100%, 100%. So Other news, this is exciting. We've got a a date now for the next one-of-one auction. Now, the one-of-one auction was held last year. And as the name suggests, this is where distilleries create one-off bottlings for this specific auction. Um, And it's fascinating to see this. Nicholas, I I don't know if you saw this last year, but some of the bottles that were produced were just mind-blowing. Um, So the new date for this is Thursday, 5th of October 2023. The last one, which was in December 2021, they had 40 lots uh, within that and £2.4 million was donated to the charity that has been created for this auction, uh, the Youth Action Fund. And this The whole idea of this this charity is to transform the lives of of young people in Scotland between the ages of 16 and 25. And, you know, we had Jonathan Driver, who uh, I think you know as well, Nicholas, uh, on on the show, talking about all this. So if you guys want to know more about it, go back and check out that episode. It's, it's, It's fascinating to see it. I'm really interested to see what all the distilleries do with this. And I think the great thing about this is, you know, we talk about, how Scotch whiskey, everyone's friends, right? And I think some people might go, ah, oh, yeah, whatever, you're bullshitting. But this is a great example of this. This is all these distilleries getting together, creating a, a unique bottle um to, to to you know for the charity, which is amazing to see. Yeah, I love that. And again, a good a good example of
1: of the collaboration that you see in, in our industry. You know, it's pretty cool. 100 percent Speaking of really cool things that are going on in our industry, Shivers. Um, is making its carbon and heat recovery program data open source. So basically they're sharing all this amazing stuff that they've been working on. So to put this into context, Mitch, I don't know if you've heard of this or read any about stuff about this, but Chivas, which is obviously part of Penel Ricard, owners of Glenlivet and Chivas Regal, is sharing the design process and implementation insights for applying the technology at its Glen Talker's Distillery near Keith and Speyside. So these guys have been working on heat recovery technologies uh, and... Uh, including mechanical vapor recompression otherwise known as mvr which which i'm sure you're familiar with and the mm-hmm. old therm- thermal vapor compression the old tvr as we like to call yeah. it in the biz uh, <laughs> all super geeky stuff but it's designed to capture and recycle heat generated in the distillation process the, equi- the equipment was supplied by pillars blowers and compressors gb gmbh whatever that stands for when it's not at home, Uh, a manufacturer of blowers and compressors which works with Chivas Brothers to adapt its kit uh, for the distilling industry. So this was equipment that was not designed to do this, being reapplied into the booze business. And this technology has had a massive impact. So for the total energy consumption at Talkers, it is reduce the total energy by forty-eight percent and its carbon emissions by fifty-three percent. Now this is this is why it's important and this is why I think it's impressive that shivers have just said everyone should use this. Here's how to here's how to apply. Here's all the data. Here's the build out here's the the infrastructure and just really shared best practice in order mm. for the Scotch whiskey industry to help hit uh, lowering its emissions and its carbon uh, footprint, which is going to help drive it towards net zero, which the Scotch Whiskey Association has challenged the industry to achieve by 2040. This is a massive leap to help the entire industry do that. So first and foremost, hats off to Pernod Ricard and Chivas for 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 sharing all this information. And hopefully many distilleries will follow suit and and, and, and reap the benefit of reducing their carbon footprint, their emissions, and 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 the, the value that it brings to them as a, as a business and their savings.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to see. I, I love that as well. And, you know, that's, that's another example right there. I, I think when we, ch- we did a, a whole piece on sustainability on the show and we had Stuart Watts on um, and he talked about how, uh, they created that technology for their trucks to run off draft. And then that technology was shared with Shivas as well. And I know they use that for all their Glenlivet trucks now. Yeah. So cool. another example of that happening, you know, which is great to see. Brilliant. So exciting one f- on, on this one, mate. Um, Spayburn. So if we go back to Spirit of Side Festival this year, Speyburn opened their doors to visitors for the first time and it created like an absolute... Uh, riot for people trying to get in there (laughs) everyone went absolutely ballistic and then they won the uh, award for the best sort of event for the uh, for for the whole tour Um, so that was kind of cool to see that and then they've just announced that they will now be opening their doors permanently for visitors coming up to spaceside. So I know with CopperCare, and this is definitely one of the things that I'm gonna start putting on my uh, my experiences with people because this is a it's a great little distillery just outside of Rothis. It's been producing for 126 years, but it's never opened its doors. So as from August 1st, you will be able to go and visit Speyburn. Some really cool things to, to see in there. And, you know, the tour that they're doing, they're, they're talking about doing three tours a day. And you can, um, I think it's going to be one one hour, 45 minutes for each tour. You can book it all online, which is great to see. I had a look at this the other day you can it's got full visibility of of timings and all that kind of stuff which is always handy when you're booking a distillery tour because the last thing you want is trying to phone them up no one answers the phone and you don't know if you're going to get in or not and all that kind of bullshit so these guys have done it right with regards to doing a tour uh but again another reason to come up to space side as if there wasn't enough distilleries to visit now there's another one being added on there
1: I love it. Actually, I was taking a look at this, which is super cool. Like some of the stuff that they've got there, they've got their old. Obviously, you get to see the Dunnage warehouses, but they've got uh, old drum maltings there as well. And as you'll know, the thing about old drum maltings can't beat them.
0: There had to be one this episode, didn't there? (laughs)
1: <laughs> I've been sitting in that for forty-five minutes, mate.
0: <laughs> See?
1: <laughs> See when I saw old drum all things, I was like, "Come on, that's like the that's the easiest softball pitch I've ever had to bat."
0: <laughs> mate, is that is that why you're bright red right now? Because you've just been holding it in so not, much, you're just not, about to burst.
1: I'm bright red right now because I've been in Las Vegas for a week and I'm just sunburned. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I'll tell you what, mate, there's, there's been no sun over here. July has been horrendous in Scotland, so you haven't been missing anything here.
1: No, but you did get the heat wave last month, so... Yeah, that was us. Peaks and valleys, right? Peaks and valleys.
0: <laughs> i always said, like, if Scotland could just guarantee a really good summer, which it has done a couple of summers, to be fair, but this one's been like... June was just a, a little, oh, here you go, here's your summer, and then July was like, no, nah, we're taking it away from you. Screw you. We're not getting, giving you anything else. Oh,
1: well, do you know what? We, you know, this was a, a great blast just to catch up, Mitch. I'm glad we've done this. And uh, we have some amazing guests lined up for our future shows. And um, yes, if do. your name appears in this list and you've not been contacted from us, this is you being served notice. You're going to be called up. So obviously, I think we have to have Daz back, right? We need to we need we, bring Daz on. There's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah.
0: We, he's definitely coming back. That's for sure. Right.
1: We're going to look at Kirsten Campbell. We're going to look at Dr. Bill Lumsden. Uh, we've got. Uh, Richard Patterson's on our hit list so Mr. Patterson if you're listening make sure that you're mm-hmm. clearing a bit of time in your calendar we need to bring in Ricky Crawford the original ambassador from Scotland that came out to basically launch Scotch whiskeys in the USA uh, for some of the biggest brands so we're, we're going to bring him on Sandy uh, McIntyre as well Tam du. so mm-hmm. anyone else Mitch that you want to just
0: I've just thought of something our good friend Mr. Casper McCray, who just got a serious uh uh, promotion within Absolutely. Glenmore. Absolutely. I've got Casper's got,
1: you know, I, and I still tell this story. Do you, do you ever hear the story of Casper McRae sitting with the Queen's mum? No. So this is true story. So I don't know if you know this. So Casper, I mean, Casper's what, six foot seven, six foot eight. Yeah, so he was least... a Queen's guard. So I don't know if you know this prior to him getting into the whiskey business. He was a a, a, a Queen's guard, but specifically uh, a Queen's guard for the, for the Queen's mum. So he would sit down and have dinner with the royal family. And sit like and and at one point, he told me this story, and I've told this a billion times since. Uh, He was sitting having dinner, and out of nowhere, the Queen Mum turned around to him and said, so Casper, are you seeing anyone now? And he was like, oh, yes, ma'am, yes, I am, you know. Uh, You know, I've I've got a girlfriend. He's, oh, wonderful. Is she motard? Casper was like, I'm sorry, ma'am, what did you say? She is she mutard Casper, and uh, Casper was like, "I'm sorry, I-, I don't, I don't quite hear what you're saying." She said, "Mutard, mustard, Casper, hot stuff." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <So, laughs> Bro, it' wild. Yeah, no. Anyway, you're right. We should get Casper on. <laughs> yeah, and look at him now. He's the CEO of uh, Glenmorangie and Ardbeg. Exactly. That will yeah. be
1: an amazing box of whiskey we get through the door then when we ask him on. Yeah, <laughs> I think he
0: does listen. So, Casper, if you're listening on that train journey uh, to East Lothian when you come in and out of Edinburgh, then uh, yeah, hit us up. Well, we're going to hit you up soon, <laughs> very get,
1: soon. Get pack, get packing. Mix uh, Mitch's care package of all the <laughs> samples that I'm sure he'll get, and I'll get, I'll get a thanks for asking. Maybe next time note.
0: <laughs> well, and the other thing we're going to do. So, anyone listening in New York, let us know. Hit us up. Uh, we are going to be looking for participants for our whiskey live right. uh, not another podcast live i should say not another podcast i can't believe that's that was a daz move right there he used to say that all the time not another we're going to do a live podcast. version of the podcast in new york so we're going to be looking for audience members there you go i spat yep. that out where really i will be quick.
1: introducing my new co-host who can speak properly <laughs> <laughs> So
0: thanks for listening
1: to Not Another Whiskey Podcast and we will catch you <laughs> next time around. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys.
0: See you